Hey there, it's Nick. Thanks for downloading my little podcast. We are coming up to the grand finale of this season, which is coming at you in November. But first, I wanted to play our annual Secrets Hotline episode, which this time we've put together in collaboration with sound artist Stephen Vitiello. As you can probably guess, this episode deals with a lot of adult themes, including those of sexual abuse. And I wanted to give you a heads up on one call in particular for those of you who are sensitive to graphic descriptions of bodily harm. You might want to skip the call that comes at about the 33 or 34 minute mark. Uh, It starts with this. Five years ago, uh, I was a heroin addict doing some very unsavory things to get by and uh, support my habit. So if you get freaked out by violent stuff, once you hear that, skip forward three minutes. Of course, if you'd like to contribute something for a future Secrets show, you can call 1-641-715-3900, then dial 55403-POUND. Thanks for listening. I've been doing better than my secret as i'm sure you could hear by the tone of my voice but um i've actually never said this out loud before and it's actually never even left my mind but when i was a younger kid uh, i want to say around like seven or eight maybe even a little bit younger than that um, i went on this vacation with my family and my stepbrother and i were left um kind of just alone in the hotel room And we, in like a very kiddish kind of way, just kind of started, you know, like just exploring each other's bodies. And I eventually ended up giving him kind of like the kid equivalent of a rim job, which, um, you know, I hadn't really thought about that at all in years. But I think I am now just really into like ass play and things like that because of that experience. Um, I had a partner who asked me why I was into stuff like rib jobs and whatever else recently. And I realized it's a little bit weird to admit, oh, yeah, you know, because of my stepbrother. So, uh, yeah, that's that's my secret. And I'm just I'm never going to say that out loud again. <laughs> that's cool with everyone else. Um, have a good day. Thanks for having the secret line. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Yeah, hi. Uh, my name's Scott. I'm calling to leave a secret, which is to say that um, I am a man in my mid-20s, and I still pick my nose and eat it um, fairly often, which is not something that I've uh, ever told anybody. I don't know if... Um, People have observed that and not brought it up, but uh, as far as I know, 
No, we didn't know that secret. Hey, um, I have a secret. <laughs> um, most times when I am reaching orgasm, I'm imagining someone fucking my boyfriend in the ass while I come. And I've never told him or anyone. So, enjoy that. I'd like to remain anonymous, but I, uh, I just have this weird compulsion to look up infections, like skin infections or like parasites. And I just, I'm just fascinated by it. I'm just fascinated with things that are repulsive. I don't know. That's just like not something you'd want to tell everybody because it's just weird. I have cheated on every person I've ever been with and I don't know why. I wish I knew why. Eleven radio. My secret. I was reading a lot of books about about incest, and I thought I'd like to try that, just because I wanted my life to sound interesting, not because I was actually interested. So, a month or so down the line, the opportunity came to me. My cousin, who was ten years older than me, complete down and out. He's going nowhere. I tried. I tried incest with him. We got drunk and we got home and he started kissing me and he started to go further and a force within me just said no, even though logically I wanted to say yes for some reason. But I just couldn't do it. My secret is that when I was, I don't know, 17 or so, um, my neighbor's dog used to come to our house all the time. Um, you know, I was sleeping and he would smell my vagina and, you know, I figured out that it tickled and that it felt good. And for, I don't know, maybe a year and a half, two years, um, I would let him um, lick my vagina. Um, and it, he really kind of taught me how to masturbate. So, yeah, that's, that's my secret is the dog taught me how to touch myself. I'm a big, big dog person. You know, I got a big old pit bull and I love him to death. He's a sweetheart. And um, a while back, uh, the stray cat ended up coming around for a little while, and uh, my, my girlfriend started taking care of it, and uh, she even named her. Her name was Rose. You know, I was not too fond on cats at this point in time. And then uh, one day on Thanksgiving, she, she let the cat inside of our apartment as we left to go do our thing with our family. cat ended up using the restroom in the house just like I expected. So sure enough, a uh, couple of days pass and uh, Rose, the cat, comes back around uh, when my girlfriend's not home. So I got the bright idea um, 
to go ahead and box the cat up and take her about 30 miles south of town and just kind of toss her into a random field and be gone, be gone with you. That's kind of what I told her, the cat, that is. And um, next day, of course, my girlfriend's freaking out. And of course, I just kind of play it off. The idea of Rose the cat just kind of dwindled over time. And um, I wasn't any more of a fan of cats even after that until um, about a year afterward, my girlfriend and I ended up agreeing to um, get an abortion with, you know, with uh, the baby that she had become pregnant with. And um, I know it's an awful thing, but for our circumstances, it was just the best thing that uh, that could happen for us both. You know, it's the smartest thing, I should say. And um, my gift to her um, after that happened was to actually get her own cat. Now we have a cat named Lucy, short for Lucifer. And uh, I'm in love with the cat just as much as I am my dog, and my dog and her are best friends. <laughs> so, that's all I got. So this is regarding your secret hotline. Um, I used to <clears throat> date this guy who sort of had a submissive um, slash food fetish and had this really cute small dog who he loved. One time he had put melted dark chocolate on my penis over we dating. I only kept him around because he was rich. He paid for everything. He had a nice pool. But he essentially put all that dark chocolate on my dick. And he went down on me. Um, and we're a little drunk. And so in the middle of the night, his dog basically licked all the chocolate off and a couple of days later died. Um, yeah. Um, we're no longer dating, obviously, but I just thought it was funny, tragic, and delicious all at the same time. Bye-bye now. My name is Danielle. I don't care if you use that or not, but essentially my secret is since Trump was elected last year, I haven't really been able to orgasm. And I feel like a lot of women in America are probably having a similar issue. It actually really fucking sucks because every time I start to get kind of excited, I almost start to feel guilty and disgusted by the fact that we have such a terrible human being in office and it just makes me really sad and I just I just can't so yeah for everyone else out there who can't get off because of Trump I'm here with you and I hope eventually we can orgasm again I guess this is true for everyone you know politics are driving me up the fucking wall right now I don't know, this probably isn't radio-worthy. I just can't fucking talk to anyone about politics without it driving me up the goddamn wall. I don't know, maybe I'm just screaming this into nothingness, but I fucking gotta say it. I can't. I'm going insane. 
I just left a message about being frustrated about politics, but I, I, I didn't think about too much about what I was going to say, and I feel like I need to elaborate a little bit. I don't know, maybe anyone else has had this thing like on their Twitter timeline where like they're just like, here's my political opinion, and I'm just going to say it in all caps five times in a row. You're not fucking convincing anyone. Like, what do you, if I see someone, like, post, for example, like, trans lives are human lives, which, of course, I agree with, and you just post that over and over again, I feel, like, anti-convinced, you know? I, I see shit like that, and I get pissed off, and they're like, no, no, wait, I completely agree with that. They're just saying it in the shittiest fucking most annoying way possible. Like, what the fuck... If someone doesn't agree with the thing you say, you saying it like five times in all caps isn't going to fucking convince anyone. I just feel like everyone's trying to be like, oh, yes, yes, I agree. How good for us? How good for us? We're such fucking good people. If you want to make fucking change, jerking your fucking self out off about how cool you are isn't going to fucking help anyone. That's a bright idea. I don't know. Maybe... I recognize your good intentions, but you're acting like an uptight cunt with your fucking head up your ass right now. I want to fucking say that to so many people, but I can't. So I need to call the hotline for the fucking podcast I started listening to today. Maybe it was a bit therapeutic. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Hey, well, uh, here I am leaving a third message, and I, I don't, I don't know what the hell I'm even trying to get at anymore. I was just thinking, I, I didn't fucking any say any secrets. I'm frustrated by my friend saying that politics that's not a fucking secret. My, my real secret. killing myself every day. I can't get through a single day without thinking about suicide, not plans or anything. It's just I feel like a fucking mess of a human being and I can't even I don't even feel like I can talk to my friends about politics. I don't like this. Therapist is going to make my good friends killed themselves in the last six months. My secret is I spent so long with those friends, staying up with them night after night, convincing them to get help that 
when one of them specifically finally did it. I mean, I was shocked and horrified, but now a couple months later, it means that I don't have to have that stress in my life anymore. And I feel like a horrible person. And now, since I run in circles that are rife with mental illness, if I know that someone is ill or not seeking treatment or suicidal, I just won't even consider being friends with them. I think that's kind of shitty. Have a good day. There is one time. There is one. No, there is. No, there is. There is one. There is one. Came back. There is one. Hi, I have a confession, please. I would like to remain anonymous. I am a public school teacher. I work in a middle school. I work for a really low-income school district, so my pay is quite a bit less than other teachers make in the area. So in order to help pay my student loans and to um, have some extra income, I have been stripping on the weekends. Uh, what I think the funny part of the confession is I actually really enjoy it. Um, I love being a teacher, but I also really love getting naked for money. That's my confession. <laughs> yeah, my secret is, um, <sighs> I can't stand people I work with, specifically one person. And... I don't know how I should say it and because I don't want to create awkwardness at work, but I just kind of deal with it every day. I guess that is a secret. My secret is that for five of the last six years, I've been reading my boss's personal and business emails. Um, I have a way of accessing his computer. He hasn't changed his password in that time. So uh, several times a week, I will just uh, scroll through his emails, and uh, I know a lot more about him uh, than he knows that I do. You know, it's also helped me do my job a little better, but... Uh, I don't feel great about it. That's my secret. Now, uh, I'm going to go read his email. <laughs> I am I'm an EMT. I work on an ambulance and I respond to emergencies. I tell everybody that I love it and I tell everybody that, you know, this is my career and you know this work is amazing but in all honesty um i feel like i'm not good at this work um every day that i put on my uniform and i punch in and i get on the ambulance i wonder is today the day that i'm gonna kill somebody is today the day that i'm gonna make the career-ending mistake It, it weighs on me it keeps me up at night and um I pick up 
a ton of overtime for my job, like to the point that I don't really have a life beyond work. And um, I tell people it's because, you know, we're understaffed and I want the experience, but that's not, that's not true. Um, I do it because I don't want to be at home thinking about you know, I'm a bad EMT or thinking about all the other like emotional stuff that I have going on. It lets me run away. I don't know how sustainable this really is. I make a lot of jokes about like killing myself and I'm starting to wonder if this is actually a joke. Um, and there's really nobody that I can tell this to. So I'm here telling you. So thanks. There is one time. There is one there is one. Okay, hi. Um, my secret is that I am a 26-year-old virgin who is in love with her boss. We live in the same apartment complex, and some evenings after work, I'll catch, I'll catch a peek of him and his wife walking their two dogs. They married young and have been together for over a decade. I take notice that they never touch each other. There's no hand-holding, no quick kisses, absolutely nothing. And there's always a big space of separation between them. So our relationship is not priority in my life right now, but I am open to have my first sexual experience, especially with someone that I trust and value and have chemistry with. That's very important to me. He actually introduced me to this podcast, so I know he'll hear this, and I hope he's listening alone and recognizes that my secret is him. That's all. Thank you. Uh, my secret is that not long ago, when I became employed at a very high-pressure, high-responsibility job that involved a lot of self-discipline, a lot of self-control, an enormous amount of, of self-concealment and great responsibility for the well-being of um, various situations. Um, during this time, I started urinating and defecating in public restrooms and really making a god-awful mess. It is really uh, some really grotesque scenes. Um, I would also uh, get a uh, permanent marker and, and write the most profane possible graffiti that I could think of, including depictions of defilements and sacrifact religious symbols and so on. Um, I'm certainly not proud of this exactly, and I've since stopped doing it. However, I talked to a very close friend about this, and he then began doing the same thing. Um, I feel like I've unleashed in him something that was unleashed in me. Let's say uh, Sigmund Freud would be less than proud of me. So I was making out with a guy and he raped me and it was traumatizing. Um, and that's the part that people do know, but what people don't know is that for whatever reason, I chose to have sex with him the next day, 
even though I was disgusted with what had happened. And I don't know why I did that. So we had sex the next day, and then I woke up in the morning to the sound of policemen banging on the door, and it turns out that he was a drug lord and was getting arrested for that. So that's my secret. Yeah. There was one time I came back from a bar or a couple bars with friends and I was walking towards the subway in Manhattan and um, I passed by a stack of books that uh, I thought were free books. So I snagged one of them off the top. Um, What I didn't notice is that they were sitting on top of a blanket uh, on the side of the street and uh, the book I snagged The title, I think, said something about how to make yourself a better candidate for interviews for jobs. I flipped through it, and the entire thing was dog-eared and highlighted, and clearly some homeless guy had, um, had really studied this book to make his plans to better his life. And so by the time I got into the subway, I realized this. It made me sick in the stomach that I would have taken this from somebody and then I, as soon as I got off the train, I threw it in the trash. And I feel awful about doing that. I I hate that I did that. I hate that I couldn't have just taken the train back and put it back in the stack. Um, I just want to say to him, I'm sorry. I have a secret, and I just called this number because all of the eating disorder hotlines are closed right now. I have an eating disorder, and I've never told anyone. I've, wow, I've never told anyone. Um, and I, I've been doing better lately, and I think I'm on the tail end of it. I just messed up tonight, but I, I've been doing better. And it, it just makes me feel so gross, and it's so disgusting. I think if anybody knew, they'd hate me. I um, I just, I love food so much, and I hate my body. Um, And those sound so cliche, and I hate, oh, I hate being a cliche, but, but I actually, I chew up food and spit it back out. It's so disgusting looking at chewed up food in the trash can and having to hide things from people. It just feels so dishonest. But um, that's my secret. This is my career. career. You know, this work is amazing, but in all... I have a secret. Um, So my sister uh, does HIV research. And she invited me to be part of a study for gay males, which I am, um, who don't have HIV, to be studied um, in her lab. And I turned her down. I came up with a bunch of weird excuses, but the truth is that I do have HIV. And that is why I turned her down. She doesn't know none of my family now. And I'm 
not planning on ever telling you. Um, yeah, I, I guess I just had to get that off my chest. I've dreamt about killing my father since I was about five years old. And they used to be nightmares, but it's just like, it's just like a con, it's like a, a normalized thing now. Uh, yeah. Hope you guys have a good one. Bye. So, my biggest secret is that, um, growing up, I used to live with my dad and my stepmom. And my stepmom was a woman that was very mean and abusive in a way that was always covered up by the veil of religion. But in fact, she was a big cunt. And she would do things like uh, slut shame me because I was, you know, interested in boys and she would call me whore and things like that. Anyways, one night I just decided to get back at her and <laughs> I got home from seeing my boyfriend. It was very late and I... <laughs> put my finger in my vagina and I scooped out some of the cum <laughs> because I just had sex with my boyfriend and I put my finger inside a water bottle that my stepmom always kept in the fridge that she always took with her to the gym <laughs> and I just put my finger in there that was my way to get back at her for being such a mean abusive stepmom and I guess the moral of the story is you if you're abusive to people they always find a way to get back at you so try to be nicer because there always are consequences um and that's my story thank you i don't like being married to my wife and I've tried to end it with her, and it doesn't work. So, I don't want to say she begs, but it was it doesn't go well. Uh, I care about her as a person, but I just am not attracted to her. Uh, I'm not that interested in her. I don't really have a lot of respect for her as a person anymore, and I don't know how much I ever did. And uh, my secret is that I, I'm a coward. I I can't do it. And so I have these dreams that she just maybe will just leave me or she'll die. I, I don't want her to die, but I can't seem to end it. And I, I don't think she'll leave me. Um, yeah. Let me tell you about the time that I committed perjury. My rapist was suing me for defamation of character 
because I told people that he raped me and they asked me a lot of questions about my sexual history because apparently sluts can't get raped but that that's yeah and I I minimized my history for sure but then also they asked me if I had any malice or ill will towards him. And those are key legal terms for determining defamation. And I had to lie through my teeth and pretend that I didn't picture him blowing up, like exploding into a bajillion little pieces like a bomb blew up inside of his stomach or something every time I closed my eyes while I was sitting there in the courtroom having to listen to him lie about what he did to me. I had to pretend. I I said that, no, I didn't have any malice or ill will towards him. And all I wanted was to be left alone and wasn't angry. I was just hurt. But God damn it if I'm angry. Thanks for listening. My secret is that five years ago, uh, I was a heroin addict doing some very unsavory things to get by and uh, support my habit. And one instance, I I think I I may have killed a man, uh, at the very least blinded him. Um, It was in the middle of the night, maybe three or four in the morning. And I was walking to my tent under the 95 overpass. And I was ambushed from behind by another, I'm I'm assuming another homeless man. And he started to drag me off towards some bushes, um, presumably to rape or uh, kill me. I don't know. But um, thankfully, I've had some basic self-defense training, and I was able to kick him, like get him in the back of the knee so that he fell down. I tried to get up and run, but he grabbed me again, and I just whirled around and did the first thing I, I, I thought of to do, which was to take my thumbs and jam them in his eyes. And um, I just jammed them in as hard as I possibly could until I saw clear viscous fluid coming out of his eyes and over my hands and um, blood and I mean, it was so, oh God, it was just so real and like, unlike anything I ever could have imagined it was, it would have been like, but, um, after that I was able to, to, uh, make my getaway and I just left him there with, uh, two gaping holes where his eyes were at one point. 
I just ran until I couldn't run anymore. And I never saw him again, never heard anything about it. And I've never told anybody. And for some odd reason, even though it was in self-defense, I still, I feel oddly guilty about it. I feel like people would judge me and think differently if they knew, but you do what you gotta do when you're living on the street. Thankfully, um, I, I went to rehab and got my, you know, got my shit together and uh, I've been clean and sober for five years now. So that's a good thing. Um, so yeah, uh, thanks for listening. Bye. A long time ago, I told a lie. I told my friend that I had multiple personalities. And it's the worst thing I've ever done. I'm still friends with this person. And up until today, he was still under the impression that I'm more than one person. And I told him today, and I told him in a letter, and he acted very nice about it. He told me that he still loves me, and that he's proud of me for being so brave. And all I can see is how terrible and awful of a person I was. Hi, my name is Phil. Um, I love the show. Thank you very much for putting it out. I'm mindful of the fact that I don't pay to listen to any of the episodes, so I appreciate the work that you do. I just want to give a, uh, one point of feedback, which I've thought of now in two instances and it's when you're playing a recording of someone that's speaking on the phone and it's most obvious in your uh, Seekers Hotlines episode but whenever you're doing that when there are effects sound effects that are layered over those recordings it makes it difficult to hear so if there's an echo effect or a, you know whatever it might be that the your producers are doing um Maybe you can understand what's being said, but there are times when I have to rewind it and I still can't understand what someone's saying. Hopefully that helps. Um, thanks again. Can I tell everybody that, you know, this is my career, and, career, you know, this work is amazing, but in About all honesty, um, I've been doing better emails and that's I have a so disgusting. Some of the comments about the
That's it for Love and Radio. This episode was produced in collaboration with Stephen Vitiello, who did all of the sound design and music on it. If you'd like to contribute something for a future Secrets show, you can call 1-641-715-3900, then dial 55403-POUND. Love and Radio is produced by Stephen Jackson and Julia DeWitt. I'm Nick Vanderkolk. We are a production of Radiotopia, whose executive producer is Julie Shapiro. We have two more episodes coming at you in this season, so stay tuned to this podcast channel. Thanks for listening. Thank you.